everyone and welcome back to Say You Want To Be Ever. I'm Erin, a second year veterinary medicine student at the University of Nottingham. And I'm Sophia, a fourth year veterinary medicine student at the University of Surrey. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest and open discussions about life as a vet student and share the inspiring and motivating experiences of vets in the industry from their vet school journey and beyond. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media at So You Want To Be A Vet, where we'll be sharing behind the scenes clips, doing live Q&As and much more. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel of the same name where we upload regular videos such as CV and personal statement writing tutorials, interview skills and much, much more that will help you build a strong application to vet school. everyone um, and welcome back to So You Want To Be A Vet. Um, today Sophia and I will be discussing what some of the different options are if unfortunately your application to vet school is unsuccessful. Um, since veterinary medicine is extremely competitive it is an unfortunate reality that not everyone will be able to secure a place. Um, today we're just going to have a bit of a chat about the different ways you can access the course and how to move forward if you find yourself in this position this summer. Yeah, so today's topic is something that we think is really, really important because it's a period where I think we've all been there where we didn't know if we were going to get in or not. So it's something that we all kind of need to consider. And um, if some of you, you know, have put so much effort and so much passion into your application and haven't been successful, there's definitely options um, for what you can do. So today we'll be discussing that. And I think we both know people that have gotten into vet med uh, through different routes so we will talk about that as well and at the end we have some um, experiences from people that um, follow so you want to be a vet that have shared with us um, and we'll be kind of sharing their experiences so I think that'll be really good to get um, an outsider's perspective as well so there's a few different reasons um, usually if you don't get into the course so it could be that you didn't meet the grade requirements it could be that you had um, not completed some of the compulsory assets. So that could be if you didn't kind of finish your um, questionnaires because some unis have different steps and different things that you need to do. Um, so it could be because of that, or it could just be that you were unsuccessful in interviews and didn't get a place at your um, chosen university. So let's let's explore a few of the things that I, we think you should keep in mind like as soon as you find out that you didn't get the place um so Erin do you want to start with some of those yeah definitely I think whenever you find out whether it's after interview if you get for rejections or if you get rejected after submitting your personal statement or if it's if you don't get the grades on results day, I think the first thing to do, and it's so much easier said than done, is to sort of stay calm and take a deep breath and remember that everything will be okay. And this isn't the end of your journey to vet school. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean you haven't got another chance. It's so difficult. And I suppose as well, when you're surrounded by people that perhaps your friends are applying to different unis and that they get accepted, it can be really difficult to sort of get your head around the fact that you have been rejected um, because I suppose everyone's celebrating and it can make you feel quite isolated. So um, if you do get rejected, 
take a deep breath, stay calm. Remember it's not the end, but also make sure if you need support and you need people to speak to, speak to your friends, speak to your family, because everyone's going to be there to support you. Speak to, um, I don't your tutors at your school, um, and things like that, because it, it might be quite challenging. It might be quite difficult. So just make sure that you've got people in place to support you if, because it can rock you a little bit. I would say again, if you're going to speak to your tutors, if your um, rejection is grade related, you can talk about getting remarks um, with your school's exams officer as well, and like your uh, like your tutor or your um, head of sick form or whoever it is that organises that will be able to help you there. Um, and you can wait for your remark results and you can go to uni the following year. I know someone that's done that. They didn't get the grades on results day. The remarks take place a little bit later and they took place beyond the entry to vet school date. So um, when they got their results through, um, they actually got a place at uni the following year. So um, it is worth getting a remark. It might mean that you might not be able to go to vet school that year and it might mean you have to take a gap year, but there's so many benefits of doing that. You can work part time, you can go traveling, you can spend time with your family. There's so many positives of taking a gap year. I know Sophia, you did one, didn't you? So I suppose you know the pros and cons. <clears throat> yes, definitely. So I kind of, I agree with everything Erin said so far. I know from our perspective, it can be a little bit difficult for you to kind of accept the fact like how am I supposed to take a deep breath and just move on when it's it is quite you know terrifying at the time and it's quite a scary thing to go through um which is why I think we think that it's super important to have a support network and keep positive people around you that are able to help and offer guidance because it, it can be very stressful especially you know coming out of a levels um whether you're like 18 or 19 it's still quite an emotional time because as we've said you you have invested so much time and so much energy into the application that it you know it, it can be quite shocking so I think there is time so definitely just slow down and keep your head you know straight because that's that's really important because you have to kind of consider your options um yes if it is related to grades I know people as well who have uh, had remarks done um you can also do resits. I know some friends of mine did resits during their gap year to, to get the, the grades. Um, as well, you can speak to universities. Um, I know one person on my degree who didn't um, meet the requirements there. I think it was their grade requirements. And, um, but it was by very little. I think it was just one grade. And um, they did end up speaking to the uni and kind of discussing it with them and they did end up getting the place. So I would never, you know, shy against talking to the uni itself. Like they do have support staff that can kind of talk to you and help you. And if that doesn't work out, you can always, you know, consider a gap year even just to take your mind kind of off what's going on and to take a break, which to be honest, I think isn't a loss. I think it's actually a really good experience. I think I know loads of people that have done gap years. I did one. And it kind of does give you more perspective going into vet school, which is quite an intense experience. So I think if you're one year older, I think it does make a lot of difference with how you kind of handle stress and failure and disappointment because you will encounter that again in vet school. So it's, it's something that I, I really recommend. You can, you know, do so many things in a gap year. You can learn so many skills. You can even, you know, increase your, your kind of 
application even more and you can even have time to consider different things that you want to do. Um, and I guess kind of the really important thing, one of the things I think Aaron and I think is really important is having a plan B because at the end of the day, I mean, we, we all want to just think like, I will get whatever I want, but sometimes I personally believe that, you know, not every kind of experience happens for a reason. And sometimes things that are disguised as something that might seem negative to you are actually quite positive. Um, so, obviously the system kind of requires you to have a plan B anyway, because you have to put that as your fifth option, usually on UCAS. So I know some people who have told me that they kind of didn't really want to consider that and didn't even use one or someone put, you know, people put throwaway options as they're called, but I put a lot of thought into the fifth option that I wanted. Um, mine was um, uh, biomedicine and chemistry at King's college. So I, I was really actually excited that if I didn't get into vet school, I was like, well, you know, actually that's quite a cool career and that has a lot of outlets and um, I would get to live in London. I would like, it, I was, you know, quite happy with considering that as an, a plan B. Yeah. So um, my mom sort of said to me because she has sort of seen like students be disappointed before when they hadn't considered a plan B um and hadn't got into uni and sort of didn't really know what to do next my mum sort of said to me it's so important for you to have that option for you um going forward just for your own peace of mind that it's not going to be the end and you will have something to go into and at the time I like I, I took it as a bit of an insult because I was like oh you just don't believe that I'm going to get in you don't think I'm going to get in though so I'm not going to have a plan b and I chose BioVet as my fifth option and um I, I remember sort of even saying to my mum like it's my fifth option but I'm not going to do it because I want to be a vet I don't want to do by a vet I'll apply again or doing bio vet and then doing a second degree didn't really see a doing a second degree in veterinary medicine just didn't seem like an option to me financially um and there are ways around it and I just didn't really think those doors would be open to me and really they would have been hadn't had I not got into vet school but um, yeah, I was quite stubborn and I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm not going to have a plan B. And having got to uni and having a friend group made up of different, lots of different people who've, who's had lots of different pathways into vet school, like people have gone into clearing, people that have taken a gap year because they didn't get the grades and resat and all sorts. I sort of had, I have realized that do you know what a plan b isn't a bad thing it's just making sure that you have steps and a plan in place so that if your original option doesn't go the way you want it to you can still get where you want to be and um i don't think people should look at it like a negative thing or look at it like a that's the worst option it's just there's other ways it's just good to be aware of what your next preferred way into vet school would be if that makes sense and like Sophia said it might not even be vet school she was like quite excited to do a degree in biomedicine and chemistry and maybe it's just finding another degree that you are just as passionate about perhaps or things like that yeah I think I think that's a good point that it's not just about okay, I'll choose something else. I think it is, it does give you quite a lot of peace of mind in quite a stressful time. Um, because I think, I think we have said it before, but like my, um, my plan B, like at 
King's College. That was the kind of acceptance that I got first before I got any of my vet school ones. Um, so that gave me kind of a boost in morale a little bit, just because I think we all a little bit go into vet school, well, go into applying to it thinking like, well, I'm not going to get it. You know, that's like the chances are quite low. So it's always good to have kind of that positive reinforcement of like, oh, I can do it. Like it's possible for me to get accepted into something I like, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that's impossible. So I think it kind of boosts that positive attitude, which I think we should all have. Um, and as well, in terms of considering something else, I know, I think, I think the system is quite flawed in the way that it's so much pressure to put on young people to make such a huge decision of dedicating such a big part of their life to one thing, um, which unfortunately is just the way that it works. But I do think that a lot of people don't a hundred percent sometimes understand what vet school is like, and that's not through, you know, fault of their own. That's just because you don't really know what vet school is like until you go in, which is why I think it's so positive that there's platforms like vet mentor. And so you want to be a vet that can kind of shed a little bit of light on what it's actually like inside, because it's not all a hundred percent positive and there's loads of hard things. And, you know, it's not right for everybody, not in the way that you're not good enough for it, but just that, the way that you are might not fit in with what being a vet is actually like or being a vet student is actually like. So I think um, sometimes I know people like one of my very close friends who dropped out in the middle of third year just because she really um, kind of didn't feel like the course was right for her, despite the fact that she was really, really good at it. She um, was great with animals. Like she'd had so much more animal experience than me. And she was kind of a really good vet student on paper, but the actual kind of when in third year, you get more clinical, that really wasn't kind of the right fit with, for her with the, the amount of responsibility and kind of how hard it can be, you know, emotionally and everything. So it's not always something that's negative. If you have to consider a different career, whether that's, you know, before you get in or after, but it's, it's, it's good. I think to have something to think about. And um, if you do end up doing something else beforehand, you can always access vet school later on. There's people in my course that are in their 50s, that are in their 40s, people with families, people that have done, you know, multiple degrees. Like it's it's something very normal. It's not something that's, you know, completely out of the question. It's something loads of people do. It is harder because I think we should say that um, if you do a degree before this, a three-year degree, a bachelor's, um, you can get a loan for that, but you will not get a loan for the vet degree if you decide to do that after just because you don't get loans for second degrees. So that's also something to consider because that can, you know, put additional financial strain on, on, on you. And again, it is like a big commitment time-wise and kind of in general. So I think those are some things you should consider, but, it, you know, it shouldn't in any way kind of dampen your dreams or anything like that. But I think that's a good way of being analytical about it because there's so, so many careers that you can pursue where you can work with animals. I mean, vet, veterinary medicine isn't just working with animals. It's more doing it in a clinical way. It is very, very similar to medicine, I would say, with just a lot of emotions and a lot of uncertainty involved just because you are expected to do so much when you graduate that it's kind of, you know, when you or at the end, you do feel quite like a fish out of water because you are expected to be a surgeon, you know, a clinician, a great communicator. It's you're expected to do a lot and in, in you're taught it in a much shorter amount of time than, you know, for other disciplines. 
So it is a lot. So I think that's something you should consider, but um, you know, keeping options open, I think is the point we're getting at is always positive. So I think everybody should kind of consider that. Um, so moving on, I think we should go into some of um, people's points of view and what people have told us that they've done. Um, so we, we're going to take those from Instagram. Um, so yeah, we've had a chat with some of you over on Instagram who have taken alternative routes into veterinary medicine. And we asked some of you to share your like top tips and tricks for um, people that have experienced an unsuccessful application or a rejection. So um, our first message is from Hannah. So we have messages from two Hannahs actually. This is Hannah spelt H-A-N-N-A-H. So Hannah says, hey guys, I missed the grades for veterinary at home in Ireland and didn't get any offers via UCAS here either. I was devastated, I'm not gonna lie, but I did get into animal science at UCD and had the best four years ever. I made amazing friends and found I adore cows and being around them, which is something that I didn't know before I got into the course as I was a city girl. The second time I applied, I got accepted into Nottingham. Woo -woo. Um, and I'm studying here now. At the time, I was so disheartened and really thought I'd never make it into vet school. But those four years really shaped me as a person and I grew from the rejection. And if anything, it made me work harder and want it more when it came to the second application cycle. I guess what I'm trying to say is that even though it may feel like veterinary is so far away right now, if you've been rejected, use this experience to bolster your application with work experience and getting involved in other aspects of uni by doing another course. It will really help your application just because your route is different doesn't mean you won't make it as a vet. I love that. I think that's such a positive way to look at it. Thank you so much, Hannah, for um, contributing. That's not only, I mean, you can really tell that you grew a lot from that degree because that's a very mature take on it. And um, it is a big time commitment, as we've said before, but it just shows you that, you know, it is kind of in the end, kind of reaffirming that you really want it even despite the hardships that you face. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing in vet school is learning um, from your mistakes and kind of growing. So I think that if anything, just gives you a huge advantage. So that's, that's such a positive experience. I'm, I'm so happy with, with that comment. Yeah, no, it's nice. I suppose for you guys, if you have experienced a rejection to hear from, I know Sophia and I are quite lucky in the sense that we got in, first time and so it can be quite difficult to take our word for it knowing that like oh it's just easy for you to say because you just got in so it's nice to hear from people that have had that experience and that uh, at vet school now doing what they love and what they've always wanted to do um regardless of that experience so yeah no that's really positive next um we've heard from justin justin says um, I didn't do biology or chemistry at A-levels, so I went and did a foundation engineering course at my university. From there, I transferred onto a biology course. My biology degree combined with the chemistry, maths and physics that I did in my foundation year allowed me to secure a place at RBC. So I think that's really good in the sense that engineering is not animal science, it's not bio vet, it's not one of the, or like biomed, it's not one of the obvious like 
fifth UCAS space filler options, it's quite different. So it's nice to know as well that you don't, you can still get into vet school having done a degree that isn't directly related. I, I have people in my year that have done music degrees beforehand. I know someone that's done geography and they're just completely unrelated, but that doesn't mean you can't get into vet school, does it, Sophia? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you, Justin, for sharing. Um, again, that's there's so many different ways to get in. So I think that's, again, highlights a really positive attitude of, you know, you can explore some other career and maybe decide, oh, that's not for me. And then later on go into vet med. So I think that's, that's great. Um, that's a really good um, kind of representation for people that have done that, because I know there's loads. Um, next, we have Hannah, which is H-A-N-A. -A, and she says... I have taken a non-traditional route as a mature student. I didn't apply the first time as I didn't have the grades. So I did a degree in biomedical science. I applied but was rejected after interviews. So then I undertook a master's degree in veterinary microbiology. I applied second time to vet school and then got in. She also has um, given us a few tips for applicants, which is really good. So thank you, Hannah. So she says, um, one is... Um, Okay, one is cliche, but don't give up, which I don't think is cliche at all. But that's a really positive attitude, which we should all apply to our everyday life. Two, she says, if you don't get to the interview stage and are rejected after, try to see the positives in it. You got to practice your interview skills. You will be better prepared next time, which is so true. Um, three, sell your non-traditional route because it's interesting. For example, I used human knowledge for my biomedical science degree and put a spin on it, such as the difference and similarities between us and other animals in my personal statement slash interviews. So that's, that's really interesting. I like that she's taken a very positive spin to this um, because obviously, I mean, it, it, it can be difficult sometimes to think, oh, well, I've done something completely different. I mean, what, what am I going to bring to kind of the veterinary table? But that's, that's not true at all. Um, you can really kind of using something we've talked about before reflection, you can really kind of spin anything how you want and make it into a really positive, you know, experience. Like she said, the fact that you get to go to interview, doesn't mean, okay, I've done an interview once. I'm never going to get it again. No, that's absolutely not the way it is. You know, interviews are so nerve wracking. It can be so difficult sometimes to get it together. And, you know, sometimes you're just having a bad day and it just doesn't go your way. Like it really can be that simple. You know, it's so hard because it is so much, you know, such high stakes for one day, but sometimes that just happens. Um, but it is a way to practice and you can always ask feedback and um, you can really learn from every experience. And I think I would really encourage anyone to learn from your experiences because that's really the only way you grow. So I, I really enjoyed um, your comments and I think that that's really positive. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, completely. I definitely agree. Um, with Justin's response, he said he would just like to say in respect to student finance, um, his route might not be the most ideal. So we put a little poll out on Instagram for people that have completed second degrees, what their top funding tips are. Um, so we have Gemma. Gemma has said that RVC provide funding support on their graduate accelerated course. So their graduate accelerated course, I believe that's what um, our vet mental vice president, Dr. Alex did. 
um, they provide funding um, for people that have already done one degree and that's on their four-year graduate course. Gemma also says once you're over 25 and apply for your student loan you're eligible for the maximum maintenance loan which is really really helpful um, when you're completing your second degree because you're, you, you don't get your tuition fee loan from the government after 25 which is why there is sort of a people sort of wonder about whether they can afford doing veterinary medicine as a second degree um, so that's really good to know if you're worried about living costs you do get the maximum loan uh, maintenance loan from the government even after you're 25 which I believe is like I, I, I get the maximum and I think it's 9,500 um Hannah Hannah again and um h-a-n-n-a-h Hannah says um work prior to uni and save 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 um, and I suppose you could do that if you've taken a gap year as well you could take up a part-time or a full-time job and just money away in the bank money away in the bank and things like that I think people think that you can only do a second degree if um, you, you come from a very wealthy background but I think if you work hard and you plan accordingly you can fund it I've got one of my um, best friends actually who's one of my housemates she's doing animal science at Nottingham at the moment she's going into third year and um, her plan is to go on and do veterinary medicine and she's planned to take one or two years out to do um to just work and put money away so that she can fund her second degree and we were talking about it yesterday actually and she sort of said the only thing that sort of um she thinks will be a bit different is that she'll be a bit older than everyone but i like that's not really an issue because when you come to uni everyone's on a level playing field everyone's in the same boat it doesn't matter if you took a gap year it doesn't matter if you're a mature student it doesn't matter if you've done a second degree everyone gets along i've got friends that are nearly 30 i've got friends that are my age that came to uni straight after sixth form i've got people friends that have done a different degree beforehand and everyone clicks and gets along the same i think when you're at school being friends with people that are a couple of years below or a couple of years above you is quite a, an obscure concept. But once you come to uni, age really does not matter in the slightest, does it, Sophia? Absolutely. And if anything, you will just be more mature and be able to handle things better, which is definitely what I've seen. Two of my really good friends at vet school actually um, both have kids and are both over the age of 30. Um, and they both unfortunately did have to um like full disclosure repeat a year um but i think which is you know it is hard because obviously it is additional time but i know someone else who's over the age of 40 over the age of 35 sorry and she also has a family and she didn't have to repeat a year and she's still with us so it kind of just depends i think you know, full disclaimer, it is harder because obviously you do have other responsibilities and things like that, but it is definitely possible. And um, talking about kind of saving and everything like that, definitely, I think you can actually earn a lot of money in a year if you're careful and you kind of do the right things. If you have no idea how to, I think a really good way to do it would be to work on yachts. Um, which is kind of a non-traditional thing to do. And I don't think that many people do it, but um, 
I know my brother did it before going to university um, and it pays really well if you're a short term kind of uh, period doing like either being a stewardess or being a deckhand, which are positions that you don't need a long term contract for. You can switch around really quickly. Um, I know one of my friends who also took a year out and worked. Um, she worked full time as a kind of au pair slash babysitter and she was also teaching the children. Um, so that was actually a really good opportunity. She got a lot of money for it and she almost considered like just continuing doing that because it was paid so well. So any kind of skill that you have, you can always apply and kind of, you know, teach or do something like that um, or even work at a supermarket or something like that. They have really good opportunities for younger people. So there's definitely options. You just kind of have to be creative and work within your means. Um, but I think anything is possible. Like it truly is. And um, can you hear the ambulance? <laughs> okay. Um, miss London. <laughs> literally, I have the hospital like right there. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you work within your means, you try your best. And, you know, this is, may seem very corny, but I do think I believe in the power of manifesting. So always just believe in yourself, manifest, keep journals, you know, positive mindset all the way really will get you there and it will get you there, you know, happier than most. So I think that's definitely what I would recommend. Erin, um, do you have some, some words of wisdom from your, your, your mom who knows probably more about this than we do? <laughs> no, my mom is just like, please, she, she sort of begs her students. She's like, please consider a plan B, please. Just so you've got it there. It's not a negative thing. Do not think it's because you aren't capable. Do not think it's there because you're not going to work hard enough or you're not smart enough. Or you're not intelligent. Um, just think of it as a positive thing. Think of it as just one of the things you have to do as part of the application process. That's what she sort of explains. She says, okay, you've got to do the work experience. You've got to do these pre-interview questionnaires. You sit the interview, you do your firm and insurance. Okay, what's your plan B? And just think of it as part of the application process rather as something that's a bit hush hush and a bit oh we don't really talk about it because no one wants it to happen just make it just speak about it and make sure it's something that you're happy with yes absolutely that's great advice think about it it's it's always something you know that you you will always have to deal with failure in life you know so if you deal with it earlier on I think it'll just make you stronger so if this is something you're going through please honestly we're just we really just want to normalize it and it can happen to literally anybody you know it doesn't mean that you're not good enough it doesn't mean anything like that it literally just means that right now isn't your time and maybe you wouldn't have been ready um and it would have been very difficult so just accept kind of the situation and deep breath and move forward um whatever the option you choose is hopefully we've kind of shed a little bit of light and again just we want to talk about it because we do think you know it does happen like a lot more than people talk about but i think unfortunately failure or unsuccessful applications or being unsuccessful at something has really negative connotations which i'm really against i think if anything being unsuccessful at something just means that you need to learn a little bit more and then rise above so it's all just uphill really if you think about it in that way you're always growing and always you know should hope to do better and better yourself and that doesn't necessarily mean you know veterinary or not it just means for your own personal 
you know, well-being and gaining more insight into yourself, I think it's always positive to just think, okay, what can I do next? So hopefully that has helped you guys. Hopefully it's been um, something positive that you can take away, whether you've been successful or not, um, to always keep that mindset in mind because, you know, vet school, as we said, as I say all the time, is very tough. So just always, you know, think positively and just try as best as you can to learn from mistakes. Thank you so much to those of you who shared your experiences with us. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And hopefully we can do more of this in the future because I think it is really good to involve you guys um, in the process. So we hope you enjoyed this. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you find it helpful, then please share with others who you think would find it useful as well. Make sure to subscribe to both our podcast and our YouTube channel with the same name to be notified when our next episode is released. Don't forget to leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Follow us on Instagram at So You Want To Be A Vet for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes and updates on all things So You Want To Be A Vet. Remember to follow at Medic Mentor to learn more about opportunities such as workshops, summer schools, that will further help you advance your application. If you have any questions or any further thoughts, then please comment them below the Instagram post for each of the episodes. And if you want to hear us discuss something, then let us know. We want to know what will help you. Thanks again for listening and take care, guys. Visit the Vet Mentor website for more ways in which we can help you through your application journey into vet school. This includes a range of national events, summer schools, publications, skills workshops, and our famous Get Into Veterinary Medicine Insight conferences held online. As a subscriber to So You Want To Be A Vet, you can attend these conferences for free using the coupon code InstaVet. See you soon.